Welcome to Fearless Mom. We are in week three of our Healthy You series. We've been learning about personalities and predispositions. We're really trying to understand ourselves better so that we can be who God created us to be, so that we can raise up our kids to be who God created them to be. And what we've seen, the value of self-awareness is so important because it's necessary for self-care and self-improvement. And that's what we're about here at Fearless Mom, understanding what makes us tick, understanding what we need because we're all different. I have to understand what I need to be my best self. You have to understand what you need to be your best self. And we are P-U-M-P pumped to wrap this up today, the Healthy You series. We want to welcome in our online moms. If you are watching or listening with a group or you're by yourself, we just want to say that we are so glad that technology has connected us today. And we pray that you feel this group of moms in Austin cheering you on. We believe in you. You can do it. Good news. You're not the only one who doesn't know how to do it or what's going on. We don't either. We're all in this together, and we're figuring out as we go. So let us start with prayer, and we'll get started about understanding others today. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the gift of technology that connects us with moms all over the world. Thank you for the moms who are here in this room. We ask right now, God, that you would fill this place, that you would remove distractions, that you would settle our hearts and our minds and open our eyes and our ears to see and hear what you want us to learn today so that we can be exactly who you have created us to be. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Oh, come on, girls. And everybody said? Thank you so much. Now, if you haven't already, you may want to press pause and uh, print out the a fearless personality profile, complete it, and tune back in. If not, you want to at least get the charts in front of you so you're familiar with some of the terms that we're going to be using. We are looking at ourselves. Before we even get started with parenting, before we even get started with being a wife, with being a sister, or being a friend, we've got to take a look at ourselves. And so today we're going to look at ourselves and how we interact with others. Understanding myself better by nature helps me understand other people better when I see that we are all created different. I want to get a few things out of the way, a few, you know, by way of review, a few points so we're on the same page. Um, first, you got to understand who you are. You are a wonderfully created child of God, whether you feel it or not, whether you believe it today or not. That's the truth. You are created on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. And when we don't believe it or think it or feel it, we trust in the truth. And that is what his word says. You know what? I feel like there are some girls who need some uh, encouragement today. So turn to your neighbor and say, you, my friend, are wonderfully created. The Bible says that each of us is wonderfully complex. Can I get an amen? Wonderfully complex and distinctly different. We all know that. I know that I'm created different from you. I know that I'm created different from everyone. But something in us makes us compare to each other. I don't know what it is. I, it's in our nature. And when we compare, it simply robs us of our joy. And it distracts us from the specific vision God has called us to do. 
And so we are now saying, no, no, today I'm looking at who God created me to, to be. And I'm going to go from there. I'm going to celebrate that I am wonderfully complex. We will embrace our complexities together. And I will not compare. I will not compare. I need you to say that with me. Ready? Hand up. I will not compare. One more time like you really mean it. One, two, three, go. It's hard, but we got to be determined. We have to resolve. Also, each of us has a complex, a complex, complex. I mean, I can't help but laugh when I say that. Each of us has a complex pattern of thoughts, feelings, and behavior that makes us wonderfully complex, that makes us unique. And that's what we've termed your personality. It is the complex pattern of your thoughts, your feelings, and your behaviors. There's no good or bad, right or wrong way to think or feel or behave your personality. We get to choose how we put it into action. We get to choose how we respond to our personalities and what we do with our strengths and weaknesses. People sometimes ask when they take um, the personality profile, they'll say, well, I can't really tell what I am. Does that mean I'm not self-aware? No, doesn't mean you're not self-aware. This is a process. Say process. To be quite frank, guys, this is a lifelong process. It is a lifelong process of learning about yourself. And so we have strategically, uh, purposefully made it so that it's a little bit vague. So that you are forced to look at yourself and your thoughts and actions every day. All of your interactions, how you respond to certain people in certain situations, it's all part of the plan. You are wonderfully complex. It is simple and it is a helpful profile, but it's designed for you to use it as a tool and as a process. This is not about labeling or matching a term. This is about understanding yourself better. Um, people also ask, is this about how I was born or is this because of the way I was raised? Is it nature or nurture? Um, I have no idea why you are the way you are, quite frankly. I don't know why I am the way I am. I do know that God put things in my heart and I do know that there are some things that have been there since birth, but I can't tell you what I'd be like if I were raised by somebody else. Because there's not someone else out there just like me who was raised by another family and we can compare notes. That, that's not what it's about. My responsibility today is to say, this is how I think and feel and behave today, and this is how I can get better today. Now, if you want to start digging into it and you want to go to a professional counselor, we are all about it. I am not a professional counselor, nor am I an expert um, on personality. I'm a fellow traveler trying to understand myself better and trying to discover who God created me to be so that I can be my best self. And that's what I want to help you do. We believe in counseling. Go for it. But that's not the personality profile. That's not the purpose that we are about today. It's an interesting discussion. It's just not relevant to our discussion today. Um, and I do want to say again, understanding myself is a process. Understanding yourself is a process, a lifelong process that takes time. It takes awareness. It takes patience, patience, and it takes grit. And then when you're done with that, it takes a little more time, takes a little more attention, takes a little more patience, a little more grit, and a lot of grace. 
I have to give myself grace when I have fallen into certain patterns or habits. And then I have to say, hey, God, I know that this is my drift and I tend to do this and it's not good for me. So I'm going to trust you. I know your way is better and I'm going to lean into you. I'm going to acknowledge my drift. I'm going to embrace my drift. And then I'm going to choose to use those characteristics. When we talk about characteristics in Fearless Mom on the charts, when you, you know, you did the assessment and then you look at the charts and study the charts, the characteristics and traits are neutral. They are neutral. It's not positive or negative. It's, it's how you use them. It's how you put them into play in your life. It's how you respond to them, the choices you make and the actions you take. So the the characteristics or the traits are neutral, but it's what I do with them. It's what you do with them. That's why we say there's no wrong drift. There's no right way or wrong way or easy way or hard way to be. We are all wonderfully complex and distinctly different, and that is all on purpose. Now, here are our terms that we use. We said there are 1 billion, probably in 32, 1 billion 32 personality profiles and frameworks out there. We have stripped away to say, what is, how can we do it simply and most helpful to help moms be and, and dads and other people be who God created them to be? Um, and so we have, we have two spectrums here. You try it, you answer the questions, and you say, where do I drift on this first spectrum? Do I drift toward concordious or do I drift toward impertious? Some people, they take the profile, they study the charts, and they go, oh, it's so clear to me. I'm so impertious. Or, oh, it's so clear to me. I'm so concordious. Other people go, uh, what? And they're right. There's no wrong. There's no right. You're wonderfully complex. And so the, it's a lifelong process of learning about yourself. Same with the next spectrum, artists and vendors. Some people do the profile, they go, oh, I'm so vendors. Other people, oh, I'm so artist. And other people, uh, there's no wrong way. There's no wrong. It's a process of saying, you know what, what fuels me? What drains me? What causes me stress? How do I relieve stress? What's fun for me? How do I respond to conflict? How do I define conflict? It's all of those things. And again, it is a lifelong process because ideally, guys, we are growing and changing all the time. God created you. He has a great plan for your life, and he will fill in the gaps, not if, but when you fall short. Every single one of us has great strengths and gifts and talents, and every single one of us has weaknesses. You are not alone in that. Um, now, what when you look at your spectrums, the fearless personality profile, you'll find where you fall on this one or you try to identify and where you fall on this one. In other words, you're looking for your combo. The combo is significant. So let's say, for instance, you would be Concordia's artist or you would drift Concordia's Vendus. You would drift Imperdius artist or Imperdius Vendus. Let me tell you why the combo matters. I'll give you an example. My best friend Ashley and I, we've been friends for 20 years. Um, she and I both, when we take the profile, when we study the charts, it's very clear that we both drift toward Concordia's. Um, we, it's, it's pretty clear. We don't even, but both of us, we may, there are things on the chart that we go, oh, sometimes we do that for sure. But then most of the time we drift. And so we would say we drift toward Concordia's. But then if you look at us here, Ashley would drift toward artists and I would drift toward Vendus. So Ashley would be Concordia's artist, her drift. 
my drip to be Concordia's Vendus. For instance, if you looked at us behaviorally, if you saw us out and about, you see Ashley is often the one down here um, at our Austin location where she is, you know, talkative. She is loud. She has a big personality. If you see her in the kids' ministry, she's a storyteller. She does all those things. You would say, but Julie, those are, those are Vendus traits on the chart. I, 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 but watch Ashley. Watch Ashley. If you are around Ashley when she's not in front of people, when she's at home, when she's tired, when it's just the two of us, then you would say, Ashley, what motivates you? What stresses you out? When she begins to look at all of those things, she recognizes that she drifts toward artists. If you looked at us together, you would say, but Julie, um, you know, you, yes, I am detailed sometimes. I pay attention to detail. I love charts and graphs. I do all of the things. But Julie, those are, those are artist traits. Yes, I, I can match some of the characteristics. But again, if you look at me when I am tired, when I'm just around my family, when um, what stresses me out, what fuels me, things like that. I love to give the example of Ashley and me being on the phone together. Um, her husband, Matt, always says he can tell when she's talking to me because um, most of the time she's just listening and, um, and she's nodding and, he, and she'll start to say something and then Matt can hear me on the phone start talking again. And I said, that pretty much sums us up. We both have characteristics on the chart, but if you start to dig a little deeper, if you start to see what fuels us, if you start to see how we recharge and the roles that we play in our friendship, then does that make sense? So the combo is super important. Okay, if you watch my daughter, my daughter Emily, super chatty, uh, lots of words, you would say, oh, you guys are twins. And if you looked at us, if you saw us in a crowd, if you saw us at a party, you would say, oh my gosh, they are identical. Guess what Emily's drift is? Remember I said mine was Concordius Vendus. Emily's drift is Impertius Artis. But y'all are so much alike. Yes, we are alike in a lot of ways. But again, if you look at what fuels Emily, what drains Emily, if you look at what causes stress for Emily, if you look at why she does all that talking. I do all that talking because uh, I don't know. I don't really have a reason. It just kind of comes out. And so I will talk to Emily, can talk to anybody. You go, but that's, that's so vendous. No, if you look at why Emily's saying all those words, she's saying all those words to be understood. She's saying those, all those words so that she is understood. She sees that that being understood is very important to her. Whereas I'm like, yeah, uh, I was saying all those words because I thought it was funny. <laughs> You know, does that make sense? So you see, it, it's, a, it's a long time. I had done this profile. I had been studying it for years, guys, years. When I recognized that one of my sincere needs for peace, one of my, one of my needs is unstructured quiet time. How did I get to be almost 50 years old and not recognize that about myself? You know why? I'd always had it. I had children. I had, um, they, then they were in school. There was always some unstructured quiet time in my day. It just was there. I didn't plan it. Obviously, unstructured, hello. But I, I didn't plan it. It was just in my natural course of my day. I didn't recognize how much I needed it until I didn't have it. Until my children both left um, home and went to college, and I started working full time, and I was around people all day, every day, and I was like, why is 
is stressing me out. I love people. Well, but I recognize that one of my needs was unstructured downtime. It is a lifelong process. And so if you don't, it's not about going, which one am I? Which one am I? No, it's intentionally vague. I want you to, I want you to continue to investigate, continue to look at what fuels you and drains you, continue to say, how, how can I take care of myself so that I can be my best self? All of that is very much on purpose. Developing the self-awareness uh, requires time and attention. It's taking the time and paying attention. You've got to look at those charts. If you really want it to be effective, look at those charts all of the, not just the ones, well, I, I, you know, did the profile, I did the assessment, and it said that I was Concordia's artist, and I studied those two. No, look at all of it. Look at all of it and, and become aware of, oh, man, man, how did I respond in that circumstance? What stressed me out about that circumstance? How can I better prepare myself the next time I'm in that circumstance? How can I better prepare myself the next time I interact with this person? Because there's something about her that throws me for a loop. And, and that's okay. You begin to identify those things. Because here's the deal. The more you understand yourself, it makes sense that the better you would understand others. Because you recognize we are all different. Understanding different personalities helps every relationship. Understanding different personalities helps every relationship, every single relationship can be improved the more you understand we are wonderfully complex and distinctly different it is a truth that seems so basic but we have to apply that information how does it help me number one it helps me communicate more effectively and accurately it helps me communicate if you look on the chart we actually lined out um, what we've noticed, some patterns about how different personalities communicate. And I, for one, um, uh, drift toward Concordia's. And so what is my communication style? Well, a lot of times I'm hinting and hoping that you're going to get my drift. Wow, that works great in marriage, <laughs> FYI. Um, yeah, note to self, no. Okay. I had to learn, my husband drifts toward impervious. So, you know what, if I'm going to communicate effectively with him, I'm going to understand that, oh, wait, let me look on my chart here. It says that he, his communication style is direct and to the point, very matter of fact, not a lot of fluff. Oh, hmm, well. So when I'm communicating with Mac, I will say, okay, I've got to tell the story just the facts. And, I'm, and sometimes I'll tell him, okay, now, I know you're looking for just the facts, but I'm going to tell you a little bit of background first, okay, so that you understand a little bit better. And, and so we have been married 27 years, and he, he gets my fluff, you know, and that I'm not direct and to the point. But when I need to give him important information, I understand that he communicates differently, and then I'm going to communicate more effectively with him. If I look at um, my um, artist friends, my friends who drift toward artists, uh, Kaylee and Emily tell this story and I mean, personally, I think I'm right, but um, I'll leave that for you to decide. Um, so I, we were talking about someone coming home for the weekend, and I said she came home on her birthday. It wasn't even an important fact of the story, okay? She came home on her birthday and blah, 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 and I continue to tell the story. Well, they go, wait, her birthday's on Wednesday, and she came home on the weekend. I go, you know what I'm saying? It's like around her birthday, to celebrate her birthday. They go, no, you said she came home on her birthday. I'm like, for crying out loud, she came home 
around her birthday. Well, see, I wasn't communicating accurately. To me, I was just telling a story. It really had nothing to do with her birthday. I was just, but if I want to communicate effectively and accurately, I consider my audience. And so, yeah, we have not let, let that die. And I know you all agree with me that that was ridiculous. Okay, so, and then also it helps me, oh, this is a biggie. It helps me not take certain exchanges and interactions personally. When I understand that everyone has a different communication style, that everyone has different things that stress them out, that some people need downtime more than I do, less than I do, I don't take things so personally. One of our young people, um, when we were doing this, one of the young adults who, was, uh, who had done the profile with us, uh, I guess it was a couple of years ago, she said, you know what, because she's super with it and super on top of things. She said, I used to get so mad when people didn't text me back immediately because she would never forget a text or not respond to someone. But she said, now that I understand that not everyone is just like that, now that I understand that some people forget or some people, you know, it's not, they'll get to it eventually, she goes, I don't take it personally anymore. She gives a little grace because she understands that people are different. Oh, what a wonderful thing. And now that I understand that my husband is very direct and explicit, used to, I'd be like, why are you yelling at me? And he's like, I'm not yelling. You know, that's just how he speaks. I don't take it personally, nor do I take it personally. Okay, well, sometimes I do, but nor should I take it personally when I'm telling a story and he interrupts and says, could you get to the point? I'm like, I'm not sure there is a point. I'm telling a story. But I'm not offended by that anymore, right? Okay, I'm not offended by that anymore. Uh, I'm not. Understanding, uh, it, it does make those exchanges and interactions. Or people who talk like this. So what are you doing today? I'm like, what? Are you mad at me? Like, what? Why? Was I supposed to do something? And I didn't do it. And I'd be like, hey, what you doing today? You know, it's different. We all communicate different, and that's okay. I don't take it personally. There's no right or wrong, okay? Work on that smile. Um, so, and I need to work on, yeah, come down a notch. Um, okay, now another way that it helps, uh, it makes you consider how your words and actions affect others. I am responsible for my words and my actions. Yes, I can do the profile. I can look at how I communicate. And I can say, oh, I'm just a storyteller. Oh, I'm just a, oh, wait, I'm supposed to care about others and ask them how they're doing. That's my responsibility. I understand that I can't look at my personality chart and go, that's just how I am. That's just how I was made. No, no, no. I understand that my words and my actions affect others. And so I'm going to embrace that responsibility, and I'm going to be very intentional with my words and my actions. I told the story last week about um, Emily and Kaylee, bless their hearts. They study this with me, and they are so game for being every illustration. Um, but they drift toward Impertius, but their closest friends and roommates, Ashley and Allison, drift toward Concordius. And understanding that and understanding where Emily and Kaylee love to have passionate conversations about font um, and, and things that really matter. Um, and, and, you know, the arm waving and the raised voices. And they, they have understood that that is not how um, Ashley and Allie communicate. And so they understand that. They embrace responsibility. 
and when they are communicating around them or when they're saying this is actually not helpful for this relationship they've embraced responsibility now we still have some passionate conversations we're just sensitive to those around us it doesn't mean you can never have a passionate conversation or you can never tell a story it just means i embrace responsibility and i understand that my words and my actions affect others we embrace that responsibility so the more we understand ourselves the more we study the charts and we understand other people and their perspective and their drift and their you know take on things what stresses them out what fuels them then it improves every relationship Let's look at John 13, 34 and 35. We're all about embracing responsibility at Fearless Mom, and here is the bottom line. So now I am giving you a new commandment. This is Jesus speaking. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So if I take a step back from personalities and I go, okay, this is interesting, but, but what am I supposed to do about all this? All of these people have different takes on life, different perspectives, different ways of communicating. What does that have to do with me? Well, my responsibility is to love each other, is to love the people in my life. And I can love them better when I understand them better. And so, yeah, I'm going to take the time. I'm going to make the time. I'm going to pay attention so that I can understand what communicates love to them. That's my job. That's my responsibility. That's your job, your responsibility to love one another. The key to healthy relationships is not just communicating. Remember, we all communicate differently. It's not just communicating, but understanding. The goal here is understanding each other. Understanding how to love someone best. Whether it is your neighbor, your family of origin, your in-laws, your spouse, whatever it is. My responsibility is to love one another and I can do that when I understand them better. I'm better at it. It's worth the time and effort to understand them. Now, when we talk about how to apply this, here's the deal. We're going to take all this information from the personality charts, from the assessment and all that, and we're going to apply it to those relationships. But application of information, it always requires common sense and wisdom. Let me, let me give you an example. We had a class at, um, when we were in Dallas at a church there, and we taught it to new moms. And it was about scheduling and how to schedule your day. It was about sleeping, feeding, napping, and all of that. It was, it was a guideline for new moms how to um, track your day and how to add um, order to your day. And we had a mom who was in the class call one of the instructors, and she said, um, the book says that right now I'm supposed to be playing at the park, but it's raining. Yeah, she was. But you see what she was doing? She was trying so hard to be the best mom that she could be. And the book said that today on your schedule, you're supposed to be playing at the park. Well, she was doing all of the right things except applying common sense. But, and we can look at it and laugh, but guys, we do it all the time. We, we do the very same thing. We take information and we try to apply it without layering in the wisdom and the common sense. What is common sense? Good sense and sound judgment in practical matters. It's taking this information and then filtering it through good sense and judgment, good judgment. 
in practical matters. And then you've got to layer in wisdom. Let me read you the definition of wisdom. The quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. There it is again. I have to use good judgment in applying this to my situation. This information about personalities. I have to be wise. I have to be discerning. Which means I've got to be reading Proverbs. Just FYI, when you're ever, you're like, how do I get discernment and wisdom? You ask for it and you read Proverbs over and over again. The quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. The soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Information, application, always, say always. Information, application, always requires common sense and wisdom. Always. And here's the good news. You can ask for it. Proverbs says, any of you lacks it, ask for it. That's what James said. But then in Proverbs, it will say, do, do not quit asking for it. God will give you wisdom. God will give you discernment. God will give you common sense. So, yes, we're going to take all this information. And you, some of us, we're like so into it. But I'm going to tell you something. You have to now filter in the wisdom and common sense. For instance, you may not want to take a stack of personality profiles to Thanksgiving with your extended family. Now, you may. In your it may work great for your family, but it may not, okay? You may want to go in and go, actually, you don't have to take it, uh, mother-in-law, because I already know what you are. Yeah, it's not that, like, wisdom and common sense, okay? Wisdom and common sense. Or, or how about applying it to your young children? Hey, guys, I just told you that I'm almost 50, and I'm still figuring out who I am. So odds are your three-year-old probably can't complete the profile and understand the chart. So I'm going to give you a little blow up on that action, okay? And apply common sense and wisdom to the application of this information. If your husband says, are you joking me right now? You know, it may not be the time, okay? Or in the middle of an argument, you are being so impertinent right now. No, not helpful, okay? Not helpful. Or, you know, oh, that was so concordious of you. You know, not helpful. Not wise or discerning or using common sense. Application of information always requires wisdom and common sense. And guess what? Common sense is uncommon. It's rarer than you think. Okay, so here we go. But I mean, I mean, for real, I'm not even kidding. So what is my responsibility here? I take this information. I learn about myself. And I'm going to be my best self. I'm going to control what I can. And then understand how to approach and respond to things that I cannot control. And so approach and respond to the things that I cannot control or the people that I cannot control. So we give honor and grace and run your own race. I put some verses in there specifically about family of origin and in-laws and adults. And I know we're adults, but like real adults, <laughs> you know, in your life. People that were adults when you were kids. How about that? Um, and this says, honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. God says, honor your father and mother. You don't have to agree with everything they say or do. They don't have to understand why you do everything you say or do. But we are commanded to. What is my responsibility? Honor. I honor them and I love them. And it's okay. We are all, including your parents. I'm pretty sure I was 21 and in college, and I called my mother and said, Mom, I just realized you are a person. She goes, what? I go, no, I'm not kidding. I was just like, oh, my gosh, my mom is a person. She, like, has feelings. and Like, it had never dawned on me 
that my mom was human or like a real person that, you know, I could hurt her feelings or make her feel better about herself. I, I was like, mom, oh my gosh. And she was super patient with me about that. Um, and, but do you see what I'm saying? We need to give honor to our parents whether we agree with it. And sometimes, you know what, maybe you grew up in a home and you're like, you don't understand. Here's the deal. I don't, and I don't need to, but I know that when God gives you a command, it's for your best interest. And the way we talk about our parents and our adult, you know, siblings and our in-laws has a lot to do with how our children feel about them. And I don't know, now you may have an extreme case of abuse. I'm, you know, asterisk by that, and we're going to put that over there. I'm talking about just uh, attractive, difficult to hug or love, you know. I, I, I'm not talking about a poisonous, venomous snake. I'm talking about, you know, difficult, okay. And so my responsibility is I can't think of a reason why my kids can't benefit from a few more people who think they're awesome. And who cheer for them. So I can't figure out how it could help my husband. I actually, now that I think about it, I think it would help my husband if I chose to give honor and grace to his family. And, and, and so actually, well, I don't, they're not like mine. Yeah, odds are they're not. Odds are they're very different from you. Give honor and grace and run your own race. Romans 12.10 says, love each other. Everybody say love. Each other, not just the people who are lovable. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. This is not just your in-laws or your parents. This is everyone. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. We lift each other up. We celebrate our uniqueness. We understand, you know what, you see things differently than I do, and that's awesome. That's awesome. Can we find some common ground? Yes, let's both, we both love This Is Us, you know, and, and so celebrate the comment. Have y'all watched it? Okay, anyway, um, give honor and then grace. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other. When in doubt, be kind. When in doubt, be kind. And so remember when I understand the personalities and I understand that people are different from myself, it helps me in every relationship. I don't take things so personally, so I don't have that bitterness or that anger towards them. I'm like, oh, you know what? Um, I bet they're having a bad day. She probably hadn't had her Starbucks yet. And so and then I go on about my business. I am generous in my thoughts, not just in my action. I give them the benefit of the doubt, not just in my actions, but I'm generous in my thoughts as well. Um, Oh, there was more to that verse. Did I keep on going? Tenderhearted, forgiving, we, forgetting, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Oh, heavenly days. We could get into forgiveness. That's for a whole nother lecture. Look after each other. This is Hebrews 12, 15. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out so that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. You know why we forgive? Because bitterness is a poison is a poisonous root. Why do we give grace? Yeah, it's for the other person. That's great. But guess what? They may not even know that you're giving them grace. It's for your heart. It's for you to be who God created you to be. So you let go of it. 
the more I understand myself, the better I understand others. The more I understand how God created us wonderfully complex and distinctly different, the better I understand others. I apply the information with common sense and wisdom. Here is a key element when you're talking about working on relationships. Not every relationship in your life is always going to be healthy. You will perhaps encounter an unhealthy person. And so what is my responsibility in my relationship with an unhealthy person? It is to love, it is to honor, it is to give grace, to understand when, you know, to draw some healthy boundaries. But then I give honor and grace and I run my own race. I run my own race. God has called me to do something. It is not necessary that my family and all of my friends understand it. It is not necessary that it's the same as my other friend who's in ministry or the same as this marriage or better than, no, no, no. God has a specific calling. When I begin to compare, it robs me of my joy and it distracts me from my unique calling, your unique calling that God has on you. And so he's called you to something specific. And so your job is to give honor and grace, embrace the responsibility of making the relationship everything you can do to make it great, and then run your own race. Galatians 6, 4, and 5. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Man, it is so tempting the number of times people sit in church and hear a sermon from Mac, and they walk out, they're going, well, I wish she had been here to hear that. And, you know, maybe God had something for her, you know, maybe, or mm, I'm going to make sure I send this to my brother-in-law, you know. People are always saying, and hey, there's, no, there's nothing wrong about that. But sometimes it's like, hey, God's going, you know, no, you're responsible for your conduct, your conduct. What's God trying to do in you? The next verse, Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run, without run with endurance the race God has set before us. Let us run with endurance the race. God has a lane carved out for you, a calling carved out for you. Your responsibility in all of these relationships is to be your best self. And then to say, what can I do to make it better? Here's the deal about personalities and predispositions. I've already touched on it. You can't use it as an excuse because you can't overlook your predisposition, nor can you underestimate your potential. Because never underestimate what the Almighty God can do with a fully surrendered life, a fully surrendered. If you say, okay, today, God, today I'm stripping everything away. I, I'm cluttered because I have 18 children. Okay, maybe some of you don't have 18. If you do, you go, girl. Um, th that's awesome. But, you know, to me, three would be the same thing. <laughs> three children would be the same. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't settle my, my heart. I can't settle my mind. You figure out a time when you can. You set aside. If you need to get up and you go, I'm already up, okay, then set aside a space. If you have to go in a closet, if you have to go sit on the toilet and, you know, with the lid down and uh, lock the door, then you go, okay, God, I want to see clearly what you want for me. I want to see myself as I really am 
And I want to see what you're going to do through me. I embrace that I was created this way. I embrace my drift. But I know, God, that you are going to use my strengths and even my weaknesses for your glory and my good. In my marriage, in my neighborhood, in my family, in my relationships, I know, God. So here is what I tell you to do. It's not about changing the people in your life, okay? It's not about labeling the people in your life. It's about understanding them. Understanding them better so that you can love them better. That's the thing. It's not even about labeling yourself or finding what category you fit in. It's about understanding yourself better so that you can make the changes you need to make to be your best self. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to take the knowledge of personalities and drift. Then you're going to say, here is this information. You're also going to remember that all of this information, and you were created wonderfully complex and distinctly different by a limitless God, then you're going to layer in wisdom and common sense, and then you're going to apply the information to every relationship in your life and say, God, what can I do to make this relationship better? What can I do to shine your light in my neighborhood, to shine your light in my marriage, to shine your light in my home? God, you've got big plans, and I want to be part of them. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. I thank you, God, for your word that reveals your sovereignty to us. I thank you, God, for your word that reveals that there's great intentionality in our complexity, that there's great intentionality in our uniqueness. And God, we thank you most of all that you reveal your power your strength in your word. You reveal your intention to use us in ways that we don't even have the ability to imagine. God, we fully surrender so that we can be used and so that we can see how to become the moms that you created us to be so that we can raise up these kids to be who you created them to be. In Jesus' name, amen.